Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, the 24th of November, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page XXVII. Excuse me. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Dorita P, 12 Traditions, Betty W, first reader is Monica T, second reader, Barbara E. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, the 23rd of November, 7 a.m. meeting, 10704, that's 10,704, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 10706, 10,706. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dorita P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thanks, my name is Dorita P. Can I be hurt? Clearly, thank you. Thank you. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and a power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Dorita, for stepping in. Betty W., 
Would you please now read the 12 traditions? Good morning once again, Maura and friends in, uh, in our recovery. Uh, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such or never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name or never to be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass, and thank you for allowing me to be a servant. Thank you, Betty W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the person speaking should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page XXVII. We are going to start with the third line down, the doctor writes, through six paragraphs, ending at the last paragraph with alcoholics back from the gates of death. And I will now ask Monica T to begin reading for us. Good morning, Maura. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. The doctor writes, the subject presented in this book seems to me to be of paramount importance to those afflicted with alcoholic addiction. I say this after many years' experience as medical director of one of the oldest hospitals in the country 
treating alcoholic and drug addiction. There was, therefore, a sense of real satisfaction when I was asked to contribute a few words on a subject which is covered in such masterly detail in these pages. We doctors have realized for a long time that some form of moral psychology was of urgent importance to alcoholics, but its application presented difficulties beyond our conception. What with our ultra-modern standards, our scientific approach to everything, we are perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. Many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital, and while here, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgiving, we consented. The cases we have followed, though, have been most interesting. In fact, many of them amazing. The unselfishness of these men as we have come to know them, the entire absence of profit motive, and their community spirit is indeed inspiring to one who has labored long and wearily in this alcoholic field. They believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of hell. And this is Monica T. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are in the doctor's opinion. And Dr. Silkworth here is writing this letter. He was asked to. And it says, um, the first paragraph here, to those afflicted, to those troubled, suffering, torments. You know, he's writing this letter. This is great importance here. And he says this after many years and of being a doctor here, and I have, that he treated over 50,000 patients. And, um, you know, this guy knew what he was talking about here. So listen up, people, here. That's what I was told. And he goes on um, in the fourth paragraph, we doctors have realized for a long time, and I hope you're timing me, I forgot again, that some form of moral psychology, you know, some form of spiritual awakening was needed in these people because they couldn't do it. Not with the the medical science, the information they had, nothing worked. And he knew this, you know, he's a humble man here. He knows he does he's, he doesn't have the missing information that we needed. He couldn't do it. And but he says we are, not perhaps, we are perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of good. What's he talking about here? He's talking about God. He's talking about a higher power that lies outside our synthetic knowledge, you know, our man-made, manufactured knowledge that, as a medical doctor, he had, the science. So he's inferring here to us, you know, we need a higher power. And this is coming from medical scientific man. I always like that. And then, of course, the next paragraph, he's talking about Bill W. When Bill came under his care for the third time and he had his sudden spiritual awakening in the hospital, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application. And what was that? 
That was one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic. Wow. Thank you, God. And then the last saying, the very last sentence that I read, they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of hell. So our medical scientific man here is again saying in so many words, you all need a power greater than you. And I'm so thankful for Dr. Silkworth and what he told us and for this, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. With time to spare. Okay, by saying your name one time, please. Who would like to share? Star Matt. one. Madam. This is Larry K. Dorita P. Harlan G. Rebecca Anna R. M. Nancy. Okay. Somebody H was that Kathy H? Uh, Nancy. Nancy H. Okay, this is who I've got, and I don't know if this is the right order, but this is how I heard you guys. Um, Larry K, Dorita P, Rebecca Someone, Harlan G, Nancy H, Matt M. I think I heard Matt in there somewhere. Did I miss someone? Lisa B. Lisa B. Julie R. Julie R. And it was Rebecca I. Thank you. Rebecca I. Thank you. Okay, let's go with this lineup. This is who I have, folks. Larry K., Dorita P., Rebecca I., Harlan G., Nancy H., Matt M., Lisa B., Julie R. Larry K., would you get us started, followed by Dorita P.? Sure. Th thanks, more for your uh, service. This is uh, Larry Kay. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I want to I want to focus in and explore this notion uh, that Dr. Silkworth mentions. He refers to moral psychology. So I want to want to drill down on that. When we speak of moral psychology, what what he's referring to is really an exercise in rigorous self-examination. So he's saying, you know. We, we, we doctors have known for quite a while that, that, that if an individual can have, uh, you know, can, can, can really rigorously, honestly go within and engage in self-examination, you know, we've seen it's effective. The problem with that, with moral psychology, this rigorous self-examination, here's the problem. It's not going to work for most people, and here's why. Uh, you need to be able to have the honesty to go very deep. Uh, to shine the spotlight on yourself rather than the external stuff, right? Now, there may be something very spiritual about that. There certainly was for me, but there doesn't have to be, right? But there, there was for me, and it's the very basis of this program. It's the heart of this program, what became of this program. See, and for me, when I look at that ability, if, if I believe that food is my problem, then there's absolutely no need for me to go within introspectively to examine things like my personal ethics, my honesty, my core motivations, looking at my character flaws as a human being, including harms that I've done to others. There's no need for that. In fact, it would be very painful to do that, so I'm going to mask that over. See, Dr. Silkworth acknowledges that some form of deep personal introspection or self-examination is necessary and it's helpful. 
Yet, you know, we live in an age of self-absorption and we cannot see the need for rigorous self-examination. There, there's someone on the line that, 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 just like I was, many of us come here that, that they're not going to see the need for it. Now, they can rationalize and say, yeah, 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 I get it. That would make sense. But they're not willing to do it because this isn't a program of conception and analysis. It's a program of doing. You got to do the rigorous self-examination. So, um, you know, if we, for example, if we buy into the notion, for example, that I'm fat and I binge and purge because of the way I was influenced by my upbringing or the way I was socially spit out or isolated or my financial situation or I was loved too much or I wasn't loved enough, you know, then I'm not going to be able to do the work that will ultimately bring me into alignment with my higher power. And that obsession will not be removed. It was not for me. If you can do that your way and the obsession is lifted, um, you know, good luck with that. It just didn't work for me. See, because as a culture, you know, we, we, we've shifted from a culture of self-effacement. I'm, I'm wrapping up here to, to a culture of display and so forth. So grateful for this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Dorita P, it is your turn, followed by Rebecca I. Thanks, Mara Z. It's uh, Dorita P. from Cleveland, starting my timer. Um, yes, uh, so this paragraph, uh, many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital, and while here, he acquired some ideas which uh, he put into practical application at once. Later, he requested the privilege of being allowed to tell his story to other patients here, and with some misgiving, we consented. The cases we have followed through have been most interesting. So, um, first of all, he said many years ago. So this was over time. And many years is over a lot of time. Um, And, you know, uh, so Bill, Bill was allowed to tell his story. And, you know, that's where I get the recovery from is telling my story. Um, And I tell it as often as I possibly can, you know, to uh, sponsees, to newcomers, to groups, to whoever. Um, And, you know, the most dramatic thing that happened to me is that I lost 100 pounds. But there's so much that happened to me. Uh, just an example of something that happened to me. Um, yesterday, I was able to have such a beautiful time with my family. And it was because I changed. And I didn't realize uh, that my attitude, uh, I didn't realize that I can have such an effect on people, you know. Um, so when I act one way, they act one way. And when I act another way, they act another way. So it's really awesome to be able to have such an impact on people. And then um, what else did I want to comment on? Um, And uh, the last sentence, they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pull chronic alcoholics back from the gates of uh, death. Yeah, I know I was pulled back from the gates of death. I was uh, almost 300 pounds, and I was uh, depressed and suicidal. 
And, you know, the big book gives us three options, death, institutions, and jails. And I've been to jail, innocent old Dorita, been in jail a few times. And I've been institutionalized more times than I could count. And I was suicidal. So all that stuff is out there waiting for me. And I don't want any of it. Um, so I'm just really grateful for this program. Um, and I could go on and on. I could comment on each line. You know, I love this book. And for newcomers, I hated this book. So I, I come to love it, though. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Dorita P. Rebecca I, followed by Harlan G. Rebecca I, star one, please. Thank you. Hi, I'm Rebecca I. I'm a compulsive reader in New York. And I'm new to a vision for you. And I am sober today off my foods. And I've been in Overeaters Anonymous six years without being sober off my foods. I didn't know what that meant. And I have to say that I'm really grateful for this line that carries, that's been around, that's been, always been available since my recovery and has been holding a template of abstinence and recovery based upon the big book. So um, to look at these, these lines here, um, the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge, you know, to have this, this, this higher power in my life today, to have access to um, something that can help me take a contrary action to a harmful action, uh, something that helps me not react uh, in triggering situations based on limiting belief system from the past. Something that, well, number one, um, I don't know, the food has to be clean, or not clean, but honest. I have to be honest uh, to the best of my ability about uh, a food that's triggering the allergy. And that, you know, I have this massive amounts of denial. My disease, the disease comes with a massive amount of denial. And the fact that one of the things that helps break through the not denial is the community of fellow, you know, to use the language of the book, the, of fellow alcoholics, to be able to keep coming back and to keep hearing the story and to keep their stories and to keep hearing the solutions, the solution, and to be able to identify um, with fellow compulsive overeaters about, you know, what happened, what it's like now, and what it's like now, the experience, strength, and hope. And um, the unselfishness of these men. And, and, you know, that's what I found in this program, that people, the people in the program really want the best for me, and I want the best for them. I want to give Hi. them what I have. Thank you. And I'm just so grateful for the template and for everyone on the line. Thanks. Thank you, Rebecca I. Harling G, it's your turn, followed by Nancy H. Thank you, Maura. Uh, Maura, thank you for your service, and I also want to thank Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. 
Um, Monica touched on this. I want to touch on it also because it's very impactful for me. The paragraph starting with we doctors, and I want to change some of the words, but not any of the meaning. Remembering always for me, and this is for me, Silkworth was a doctor. He was a man of science. He was not in the Oxford group. He was not an alcoholic. But through his observations, he became expert at looking at what we were and what we weren't. Let's take a look at this paragraph. We doctors have realized for a long time that some form of spiritual awakening was of urgent importance to alcoholics, but its application presented difficulties beyond medicine's conception. What with medicine's ultramodern standards, medicine's scientific approach to everything, medicine is perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of God that lie outside our medical knowledge. What is he telling me here? He's telling me that doctors know what's wrong with me. They cannot help me. They have given me the pills when I was nine years old. I was on diet pills. When I was 10 years old, I was on diet pills. When I was older, I, would, I was hospitalized with cellulitis and staph infection at Skokie Valley Hospital in Skokie, Illinois, right outside Chicago. And the doctors came in and shook their heads and said, don't eat dessert, don't eat so much food, don't eat fried foods, don't drink Coca-Cola. And they shook their heads, and I, I was discharged from the hospital, and nothing happened. I just kept getting fatter and fatter and fatter. Now, when I needed my hip replaced, I went to a doctor. I didn't go to a meeting and say, fix my hip. When I needed my knee replaced, I didn't go to a meeting. I went to a doctor. When I have strep throat, I go to a doctor. But when it comes to compulsive overeating, I must have a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps or I am not going to recover, period, done. It's not going to happen. There is nothing, there is no one that I can get a spiritual awakening from other than the sources in this book which lead me to a power greater than myself. It is in singularity the only relief we have. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Nancy H., it is your turn, followed by Matt M. Hi. Hi, it's Nancy H., uh, recovering compulsive overeater in New Jersey. And I do say recovering because I'm working through the steps the second time. Um, I've been clean uh, from my alcoholic foods for about... Uh, five weeks, and it's really wonderful working with a sponsor through the steps. Um, and uh, I just want to say, number one, how grateful I am for this program. I have a little bit of a cold today, so I hope I sound okay. Um, <clears throat> but yesterday was a challenging day um, with family and my father uh, visiting my house, who's a very a big trigger for me to um, act out and, and used to be drink and now eat, but I, I didn't. And I didn't have any of the wonderful desserts, and I found a way to deal with it. And I was pleasant, and I stayed away from it. I didn't touch the dessert or clean up because I, I really am not at that point where I feel like I could be serving it. You know, I, I just that never works for me. Um, <clears throat> with regard to the reading, I'm in um, 
And I, I actually just want to say one other thing. The vision for you has opened up a big book in a way that um, many, many years in AA was not able to. And I'm so grateful for the pioneers of a vision for you. Um, you guys have really brought recovery. I've also been in OA for many years, not recovering or recovered. So it's a wonderful, wonderful work that you are doing. And now I'd like to say that I want to do and I'm trying to become available to sponsor. Um, <clears throat> Less on the reading. Two things that struck me. One is in, in the doctor's opinion where it says um, many years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book. Well, I happen to have you know the original edition here when they reproduced it a few years ago. And that she says about four years ago, one of the leading contributors to this book came under care in the hospital. And I don't know why, but the four years ago makes it more more real to me. It's like, wow, this just happened, you know, with this guy and this doctor. And he's talking about Bill, of course. And um I don't know, it's just exciting. It was four years after Bill was drunk that the doctor wrote this opinion. The other thing is that the doctor didn't sign it back then because it was he, he didn't feel comfortable in the very beginning. It wasn't until it became more accepted in the later editions that he signed his opinion with his real name. And some people know that, I think. And lastly, I want to say is the part about um, um, <clears throat> the unselfishness of these men. They were mostly speaking about men back then. But the, the sentence, they believe in themselves and still more in the power which pulls chronic, chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. And in that Nancy, we lost you. Hello? Nancy? Yes. You have my back? Yes. Oh, uh, You are um, back. Oh, I don't know what I You have about to... 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Um, the, par- the sentence which says um, uh, about how we work together, um, these men may have a remedy for hundreds of thousands of situations. It's just amazing um, what this program has done for me and what we are doing for the compulsive overeater that still suffers. Thank you. I pass Thank you, Nancy H. Gotta love technology. Matt M., followed by Lisa B. Can you hear me more? I can, thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam Compulsive Reader. I want to apologize for not being there in the beginning of the meeting to do my service today. I overslept and I had to make an amends to the meeting. Um, yeah, this is a lot here in this, in this four paragraphs. It's a lot of information. You know, the subject they're talking about the disease of alcoholism and those afflicted which means, in other words, it's tormented. They're tormented with alcohol addiction as, as am I on a daily basis. What, the way I grew up, I was treated. How I gained weight so rapidly after my family, my mother and uncle passed away. And um, I, just, I was tormenting myself with this disease. You know, it's also talking about Dr. Silkworth. He was working at the town's hospital. And he had a lot of experiences in the town's hospital, different drunks that are going there, going off to oblivion. He didn't have any way to help them, the chronic alcoholics, the real alcoholics. And um, he realized that that's why he wrote that paragraph talking about how medicine really wasn't helping. All his, all the different technologies and all the different um, sort of forms of medicine were unable to help the alcohol because they needed to have a spiritual awakening. They needed to have the moral psychology in order to um, get well. They needed a spiritual awakening. And they had to put these practical applications at once 
into into action and once in action. Not 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 five years from now, not like five months on the road, not one not one 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 day at a time at once. You know, and um you know, it's a lot here. The unselfishness of these men, they were amazing. Like, you know, abstinence is is restoring their is restore restored their sanity. They had to do this so they would fall off the scene. They didn't have any there was absence of problem. They were totally um altruistic in the what they wanted to do, they realized themselves that they had to uh, give it away or to keep what they want, they had to give it away or they would lose it. They would lose their sobriety, you know. So that's what Phil realized at, a, at an early time in his recovery, that if he didn't give what he had so freely that's been given, he would lose it. And I'm grateful that he did because it was for him. And that's and then later on, Dr. Bob, I wouldn't be here, and neither would a lot of us, most of us wouldn't be here. So I'm just grateful that the meeting, the the was started with. He got that idea in his head. I believe it was God inspired that came to his mind during the course of his third treatment that he was able to see, like, yeah, I I got something here. I need to share it with somebody else. I'm grateful for him to do that. He did that. I went down on task. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Lisa B., it's your turn, followed by Julie R. Good morning. This is Lisa B. I am recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And um, the phrase or the line that jumps out for me is um, where he says that we're not well equipped to apply the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. So I have to really break it down. And when I look at that word equipped, that means furnish or provide whatever is needed. And when it says the powers of good, you know, I also have slash God or um, higher power that is outside my man-made knowledge. And I think about, I know the doctor is speaking of himself, that I identify with how what I did, trying to apply my limited knowledge, my man-made, self-made knowledge. And, you know, I just wanted to always live my life separate and apart, away from a higher power. Even though I considered myself spiritual, um, I wanted to just live my life my way. And I was not equipped to apply this power. And when I look at that word power, we talk about power, lack of power is our problem. But I needed to look that word power up. It means the ability to direct or influence the behavior or the course of events. Oh, my gosh, totally without power, always without power. So he's already touching in on the spiritual remedy of this program in this letter. And I love what was just shared by the person before me about applying this practical application at once and I needed to see that it doesn't need to take forever to get recovered you know first I had to see that abstinence is the key to get in the door and that's why this doctor's opinion is so valuable because I had to see that what entire abstinence was and there are some fabulous special editions all about abstinence it was totally different than when I thought it hit me square between the eyes and once I got clear in what abstinence was I needed to then see that my goal is to get recovered, to have that change. And that's what is talked about in this last paragraph, that this, um, you know, they, they believe in themselves and still more <clears throat> in the power which pulls the chronic alcoholic back from the gates of death, that we can link with each other arm in arm and shoulder to shoulder and walk with each other and share this power. But only I can experience my power, my transformation within me. You know, someone can help share it with me through their experience, but I need to be willing to do the work, you know, and apply these steps all the while being entirely abstinent to have that psychic change because the goal today I know is to be recovered and to live recovered and it can be permanent recovery too. 
that's the other thing I learned. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Julie R., it is your turn. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you. This is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. You know, the, the, one of the paragraphs, well, all the paragraphs speak to me, but when, it, when Dr. Silkworth says, we doctors have realized for a long time that some form of moral psychology, which I have in my book, Spiritual Experience, is of urgent importance to alcoholics. So, you know, the doctor knew. I mean, he tried and tried and tried you know, to bring about um, recovery into alcoholics, but, you know, something was missing. And and when you go down a few other paragraphs, he talks about that he was, you know, that Bill had asked if, um, you know, he could come in and, and, and talk to the people. And it says that the unselfishness of these men, Dr. Bob and Bill and others, as we have come to know them, the entire absence of profit motive and their community spirit. You know, that's why we're here today. That's why we're calling in the day after um, a normal day where people just eat, normal eaters. We call in here because of what these two men did and saved our lives. Because the last two sentences, they believe in themselves and still more in a power which pulls chronic alcoholics, overeaters for me, back from the gates of death. So, you know, the first thing I have to think about is, do I, Julie, need to find a power? And that's that first question. Because if I still think that I could do it on my own, I'm doomed, and I will be at the gates of death again. And, you know, you can think about, um, I don't know about you, but I spent many days pre-Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, binging, purging binging, purging, eating off everybody's plates when I was doing the dishes, waking up with that guilt, remorse, shame, self-hate. How did I do it again? And you know, yesterday was just Thursday. We're actually having our big dinner today. Um, But it's, I am free because of Dr. Silkworth working with Bill and allowing Bill and Dr. Bob to come into the hospital because I do have entire abstinence. But the amazing thing is that I have a God that I believe in without a doubt, and that God is the one who pulled me from the gates of death because that's where I lived for so many years, inside and outside of OA. And, you know, today I am a free woman. I'm baking souffles right now and pies. It's like it's just a gift from my family. That's all it is. I get to enjoy my sons and my husband. So I am grateful for today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie R. Okay, for those who joined us late, we are on page XXVII in the doctor's opinion. We started on the third line. The doctor's right. The doctor writes. And we've read through six paragraphs, ending with alcoholics back from the gates of death. Please say your name one time and let me know that you'd like to share. Star one, please. Jackie Barbara, Lee, Linda Linda R. Barbara, Jackie Linda R. Linda R. Linda R. Sharon C. I've got Jackie B, Linda R, and Ginger C. Barbara. 
Sharon C. I think I heard Vasa O. Did I hear Sharon? I got you, Barbara. Is that Barbara E? You betcha. Is there a Sharon I heard? Sharon C., yep. Sharon C. Okay, let's go with this lineup because we don't have very much time left. I've got Jackie B., Linda R., Ginger C., Vasa O., Sharon C., and Barbara E. And uh, one, two, three, four. If we take uh, three minutes, we might be able to get them all in, but maybe not all. Jackie B., please get us started. Thank you. This is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Clearly. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone have a happy and healthy, and thank you so much for your service, everyone. Um, I just want to share my experience, strength, and hope today. Um, after my father passed away in April, I reconnected with my Spanish side of the family, cousins and stuff, and his sister, uh, who's 83 years old. We went to Thanksgiving yesterday, and I already brought my food with me because I wasn't taking any chances. And she cooked up a whole entire Spanish meals for everybody, but she made sure the meats and, and she made a big plate of vegetables for me that had no ingredients that would trigger my disease. I sat there and I didn't, I could not believe it. And mind you, she's 83 years old and, and she still can't speak any English in this country. And it was amazing. My, I started to cry, and my daughter said, Mom, why are you crying? She loves you. And I was like, wow, is that not programmed? I am amazed that I took my actions I needed to do to protect myself, but at the same time, I left it in God's hands. And I am so grateful. So this program works. You just have to be willing and honest to say, hey, I'm going to be more than just what I am. Instead of being self-centered, I am selfless by being there. I washed dishes for her. I did things. I, I served. Um, and I gave hugs. And I told people, I love you. I told my cousins, I'm sorry it took us 20 years to get reconnected. But I am grateful. Thank you for showing me the love and the caring, and the understanding of my program. Um, they don't understand what my program is, but they understand the ingredients. So I put that out to you, that no matter where you are and no matter how scared you may be, be honest, be willing, and forthright do the steps according to the big book and recommit to giving yourself to your higher power, whatever you call your power greater than yourself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Linda R., it is your turn, followed by Ginger C. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service on the line today. This is Linda R., recovered in South Florida. Very, very grateful today. So I want to publicly thank Dr. Silkworth because without him, you know, we wouldn't have had this insight. You know, when I came in, I knew there was a physical allergy, but I never really realized and had great awareness about the mental obsession that led me to the food, and also the people obsession that led me to the food. So I want to talk a little bit about the spiritual arteries that have to be cleared. So yesterday, my family was here. Everyone is here from out of town. And we went to, thank God, a fellow's home. So we knew that our food would be 
you know, prepared correctly. And there was a scale out there for us who were in the program that we could weigh and measure. So I was very grateful for that. However, before that, you know, to me, this is a program of spiritual awareness and preparation. So in the morning, I, I did my physical evidence, which is I walk, you know, and move my body before I went because I was preparing myself for this dynamics that go on, you know, possible dynamics. And I did that in the morning. And then, of course, I was on the phone before spiritually preparing because this is what the program has taught me to do. I no longer just focus on the physical allergy, which thank God for today, my food is good. My food is down, so now I can really work on the other aspects of what's called life. So but when I went into that home yesterday, I was serene. I was ready for any kind of battle that might come up. <laughs> some, some did, and however, again, I did the pause. I walked out. So what I'm sharing is all these years of program, all these years of studying the big book pay off because I'm able to demonstrate it with the help of my higher power. So I am so grateful. I wrote that in my gratitude this morning, and I'm just so grateful I was abstinent physically, emotionally, and my spiritual arteries were clear yesterday. Thank you so much for allowing me to share, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Thank you, Linda R. Ginger C., it is your turn, followed by Vasa O. Hi, Mark. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Ginger C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And um, just amazed by this doctor that in the 1930s, the humility he's showing us by saying, I don't know. You know, perhaps this lies outside our synthetic knowledge. You know, what doctor doesn't know? They're all about their egos. And they have to know everything. And that's why we usually go out and we'll get another opinion because we may not like what they say. So the tremendous gift of this doctor and his humility, but most importantly, he showed me what my problem was with my addiction in a way I could understand it. And that gave me hope just like it gave hope to Bill. But then to see Bill here, you know, when he's talking about uh, putting this practical application at once, Bill himself is in the hospital for the third time trying to get help. And here he's already helping others. He's acting on it and he's sharing it. And then this doctor's watching something happen that he's never seen before. He's seeing people get recovered. He's seeing people rise. And all he saw was tremendous pain because he knew he couldn't help these people and he just had to watch it. So I just love in the foreword, you know, a couple of pages before it says, each day somewhere in the world, recovery begins when one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. This is really simple. And for people that are recovered, we get to wash, rinse, repeat, and then we get to remember our most important job because our most important job each and every day is to remain on the firing line like Bill W. did. He never stopped. He was doing it in the hospital as he himself was trying to get help, and he never stopped until his last breath. And again, our most important job on 77, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. So go with God today and watch the miracles happen because we can avert misery and death 
And then again, this higher power pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. Because sadly, many are dying on the line right here, right now, and outside our door. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Vasa O, it is your turn, followed by Sharon C. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Thank you, Maura, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Florida. And I would also like to thank Dr. Silkworth for this beautiful letter that I read when I came to uh, Overeaters Anonymous, my sponsor, introduced me to this big book. And I had hit bottom by the time I came to my first meeting. This was my last stop. I remember saying, I'm just going to die fat and miserable being in the food. And again, I've shared many, many, many times. I didn't even know food was uh, a disease. I knew I could not stop. I tried it for many, many, many years. But I didn't know they called it food uh, eating disorder or was was it a disease. And that really terrified me, you know. And my mother died from this disease maybe two or three years later, um, before. And I do believe she prayed for me in heaven, you know. And, um, and this is what I heard what I, from my sponsor and people that were recovered, you know, or how, how they recovered. I remember my sponsor stressed, she said, what I what we need, Vasa, we need to find a power greater than ourselves to help us. And I do thank God every single day for breathing, for leading me to Overeaters Anonymous. And that was the power that I didn't even know brought me into Overeaters Anonymous. And I was ready and I was willing to find. I said, I remember, I said, I will do whatever. I will find a power greater than myself. Because I just don't want to die. I, if I if I don't do this program the way it's laid out, I'm just going to die. And and you know I was pulled from the gates of death, you know. And for me it was like persistence, you know. I was going to come and lose the weight, and I was going to just leave. And many times I said I came for the vanity, but I stayed for the sanity, sanity. And I heard it was a it's three hold disease. It's like a stool. It has, has three. Three stools, physical, emotional, mental, you know, whatever you want to call it. If I didn't work all those three, you know, it's just, it's going to be like the stool is going to be tipped, you know. I kept coming. It's by the grace of God. I haven't stopped. It's perseverance, you know, and, uh, and, and, and then just to give it away, you know. I'm not saying it was easy. It was torture at the beginning. All the holidays were coming up, you know. In October, that's when I came. And today, I went. To, uh, yesterday, we went to a Thanksgiving dinner, and I called to find out what they were serving. Everything had sugar Time. in it. I'll wrap it up. And, you know, and I was bringing fruit, uh, lots of fruit, fruit, vegetables. And I had the chicken. I had the, and the um, uh, mashed potatoes, and I had a beautiful day abstinence. I had no stomachache. Time. You know, I was full, and thank you for letting me share that pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Sharon C., it is your turn, 
And if you and Barbara E. can both do two minutes, we can squeeze you both in. Okay. This is Sharon C., recovered in New Jersey, gratefully recovered. Well, it's. Uh, I have to know that I have an allergy, and the more I eat, the more I want, the more I want, the more I eat till I feel like I'm literally busting, exploding, and, and still couldn't stop. And this is the physical allergy. And Dr. Silkworth here is saying that... Um, he knows what's wrong, but he's telling us he doesn't know how to fix it. I know something's wrong with my car, but I don't know how to fix my car. So what is really needed is by working the steps in action, um, he, he's talking about getting, getting God, getting a spiritual awakening. I'm powerless. I'm a human being, so we don't ha- I don't have the power. I need a power greater than myself. And I'm so grateful for this book, and I'm so grateful for you people on the line. And I'll just let it go at that because I'm short time. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sharon C. Barbara E., it is your turn. Wow. I'm so grateful that I got to speak, if it's only for a minute, just to say how grateful I am for this meeting, for being able to find the vision for you, program of recovery and how beautiful Thanksgiving was for me last night. It was indeed not the food, but the faces around the table. In the past, I've always said, let's go around and talk about what we're grateful for. And people balked. Yesterday, I simply said, I'm so grateful that you rented a car to come here with my little baby granddaughter so that I could see her tear around the house, 18 months old. It was wonderful. And what happened? They each voluntarily said they were, what they were grateful for. I didn't ask them to. There are so many words in this particular part of what we talk about that need, at least for me, a, de- a dictionary definition to be sure. But you've all covered on the words synthetic and theory and all of that. So I'm just going to say how important it is for me at this stage after 21 years to work on the altruistic side of this program, the belief that the the feeling of well-being of others is equally, if not more important than the well-being of myself. It involves the selfless acts that put well-being and the reference to page page 77, I was going to do that as well. This has been covered eloquently by everyone and I'm so grateful that Thanksgiving is just another Thursday filled hopefully with family, friends, or doing good at a soup kitchen. It is absolutely imperative thank you so much and i pass oh perfect i'm sorry barbara well thank you all to everyone who shared this morning wonderful wonderful stuff and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing want to give you today's share id it's one zero seven zero nine That's 10,709. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Barbara E., would you read that for us? 
I certainly will, gratefully. Thank you again for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.